we did it. We did it. Everyone, we made it. We made it. Today's the day. Matt has been telling us about how much he hates the band Queen. And well, no, 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 the Queen. <laughs> oh, okay. The Queen. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, for your position, that might be pretty problematic to be anti-Queen. They can come Just and get saying. me. Come and extradite me. <laughs> come and extradite you? Yeah. Oh, man. So we're talking about Queens today. So is this before or after they enter a new phase? So as the resident queen expert here, I confirm that these bees may or may not enter a new phase. As for the queen, well, it's kind of past. I, maybe I'm t- too American, I guess, because I don't really care about queens at all. So is that what we're talking about today? I mean, well, first off, for whatever reason, we do care about queen or the queen or like the royal family, right? Like, it's weird how, like, what other country is obsessed with the queen of the country that they rebelled against? It's weird, right? Colonialism will do that. Your brain on colonialism. <laughs> is that Stockholm syndrome? I yeah. don't know. It kind of is, right? Like, it's America, I think, deep down, like, you see, like, this stuff about, like, Trump and Musk and, like, all these people that, like, stand these super rich, like, wannabe authoritarians and it's got like big we want a monarchy energy right they'll never admit it but they just really love to see that and i think i think america really just wants to have a queen yeah on some level i don't know man simulacra and simulation we treat celebrities in this country like royalty so one is the other it's the same thing it's true what you're saying is you don't want royalty we already have it is what i'm saying okay but do you hate it would you hate formalizing it is what I'm asking you. Like, do you want to call Musk like the King Musk? I'm going to be the most Ugh. honest person here. And Queen say, Grimes. I'm going to be the most honest person here <laughs> and say, unless I am involved in being deemed royalty, yes, I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty good position to take. Is it, though? I mean, it's honest. No, yeah, I think it's a fine. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about King Elliot. The first exactly you'd be the first to go <laughs> yeah there we go all right so so I'm, I'm the only one that hates royalty is what we're saying yeah i uh i love having a leader ordained by god and that's just it this is an excellent excellent banter intro intro oh my god we gotta get to it queens <laughs> Queens. Okay, Queens. This is the Poor Pearls Almanac. Uh, welcome oh my to God, our we show. We haven't said it yet. <laughs> we haven't done an intro at all. This is the Poor Pearls Almanac. I'm Elliot. This is my uh, host. I'm the co-host, Elliot. This is my host, Queen Expert Andy, and we're also joined by our buddy, good buddy Matt. Howdy. And I don't even know what this episode's about. What are we talking about today? This is just. This is all beautiful. It's like it's like we're professionals at what we do here. I'm guessing it has something to do with queens. It does. There are many queens, but we are talking about one specific queen today, right? I'll just say this. We're we're buzzing with excitement today, aren't we? Yes, that very excellent, excellent pun and segue into the episode. I'm very proud of you. We're getting pretty good at this. Yeah. See? If this is your first episode with us on bees, I would recommend at least going back to the bee biology episode, preferably even further back to our native versus non-native pollinators episode. Go back to the beginning of the podcast. Or yeah, if you've got like a week that you are just going to like do a bunch of cocaine and just listen to podcasts for seven days straight, that also is an option. Just plow through our entire catalog. If you have like a lot of dishes to do. Yeah, like... 
<laughs> like a couple of years worth. Yes. Go back to the beginning. But if not, go back to the beginning of the B series. Okay. That'll help frame up some of the things we're going to talk about today, some of the issues facing the honeybee and native pollinators today. Otherwise, you might be getting into this, and if you come from like a traditional, and I'm using that word very problematically, understanding of beekeeping, this might be a little bit, I guess, not what you might expect, if that makes sense. Does that make sense, Elliot? I think so. You're my hype man. Come on. Yes, it makes sense. All right. There we go. There we go. Make it make sense. I like that one. That's my job. So today, we're going a little bit deeper. We kind of scratched the surface on this idea of the queens and their role within the hive. But today, we're going we're gonna to get in pretty deep on this one. So we've talked about queens like quite a bit. Yeah, we have. So this and, is the uh, queen episode? Or like we... this, this is like where we get queen deep. Is that a thing people say? It is now. We're getting queen deep. Hashtag. I mean, do hashtags exist anymore? Did did Musk ruin that yet? No, I think they're still in there. I think all the, all people the so- are still using the, them. I think all the socials use them now. Okay, Hash, hmm. hashtag Queen Deep. We're doing it. I so, no, I prefer hashtag Shack Length. If I'm being honest, hashtag what? Shack Length. Oh, Shack Length. Yeah, that that was a good one. Those are both being added to my lexicon. Yes, we are. I'm. We're all going to aim to try to get that. What is that? Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year. Oh yeah, is that the one that they do? Can we get shack length on there? Is that the goal, everyone? I have to compete with goblin mode. Yeah, well, we're working on 2023. Like, don't worry. That is long in the past. Yeah. At this point, we are leading the charge on shack length or queen deep. You got a whole sentence. You can get queen. You can't get queen deep unless you're shack length. <laughs> God, it's, a whole uh, it's a whole sentence. Yes. Yeah. It's a whole sentence. It's a whole thing. So um, let, let's um, let's get into this. So queens, we've covered some of the fundamentals about them last episode, what made them special, all that kind of stuff. Now, what I want to do is cover a queen's natural cycle and a bit about what we've been starting to see in the past few decades around things like queen success rates, which I'll explain in a minute, and how we can apply the the framework of this entire podcast, this concept of complex system understanding. And how that can help us understand the things we've talked about with bee genetics and how we can see a common theme that kind of unravels with the queens themselves. So we've talked about the special food queens get. And when they're young, they go on what's called a mating flight. They mate with a bunch of drones. They come home and start laying, right? That's like the very topical understanding of a queen's life, right? Now, in a natural system, a queen will live usually about three to six years before being superseded, which again, if you listen to the previous episodes we did, this makes sense given the wear and tear on the comb and the hives that thickens with each additional use as well as parasites and all these other things. So their hives are not meant to live for an indefinite period of time. Now, during these years, um, you may see multiple swarms come out of the same hive, meaning that the hive is split and that swarm is left to start a hive someplace else. It's usually like a third to a half of the bees from the original hive. Now, as they get older, the queens will be typically replaced towards the end of the summer run in August or so for most of the temperate part of the world. If they're going to fail, that is, they start laying more drones. It's typically in the spring when production needs to ramp up and it fails. Okay, so when you say fail, you mean like the queen dies? Yeah, like there's no royal guard to protect the queen in this instance. Not necessarily. So when we talk about a queen failing, it means she's no longer laying the correct type of 
workers. So they're not, well, workers in general, not type of workers. There's only one type of worker. They're laying too many drones and the hive can't do the things it needs to do because drones just kind of hang out. Okay, now I have another question. You have the queen bee and you have guard bees. Did the guard bees have the same like big fuzzy hats that the uh, royal guards do? I mean, I guess, except it's, I guess the, for, for a bee, then it's like double fuzzitration. Like it's got the fuzzy top and the fuzzy bottom, right? And I think it's the, like a double-sided, come on. Yeah, I think the preferred term is bear. Yeah, the Bernstein bears has like a whole new meaning. I don't follow. Good. So we were talking about queens failing and we went on and I, what, what does that mean? It means that the, the queen is laying drones instead of worker bees. So the ratio of drones to worker bees is thrown off. The drones aren't doing anything except eating and wanting to have sex. And the worker bees are the ones that do everything. So if there's not enough worker bees, the hive falls apart. And before you get to that point, the worker bees will recognize that there's not enough worker bees to do all the work that needs to get done. And in many cases, they'll force the queen out, basically. So the queen goes missing? Not missing, per se. Today, I know this is going to be a shock, but basically none of the things that I was just saying that a queen should do is happening. Queens today rarely survive more than two years and are failing throughout the year. They're also being superseded throughout the year. And in some cases, they're just going completely missing. Like vanished, like John Binet Ramsey. Oof, that hurts. So that's a rough one. Was that too dark? Too soon? I, I thought it had been long enough. I'll try again next year. We'll, sa- <laughs> we'll save the joke, see how we feel in a year, and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll redo this episode and just drop it again, it's, see what people say. It's where my brain went. I was trying to come up with a pun real quick. It was a good pun. It was a great pun. I will give you that. However, whether or not you are canceled when this episode comes out, that's an entirely different story. So, while it's not inaccurate, there's a, a lot of debate on what exactly happened. And to be honest, a lot of people are in denial. I mean, absolutely. How anyone could think it wasn't her parents, or at least her dad, is kind of crazy, but... I mean, I was talking I di- about, I digress. about the change in the queen bees. I mean, probably that too, but the parents are probably also to blame. Parents are... They, they know usually, who did it. I've, yeah, I mean, if I've learned anything from Gen Z, it's usually the parents are the reason for everything bad. So, sorry, Matt. That's very punk rock of you. <laughs> yes. It is punk rock. <laughs> As... Yeah, as the token Zoomer, I I will apologize in advance for shitting on an entire generation. (laughs) Anyways, right now, the mainstream arguments are that the reason that we're having these queen issues is because of aggressive bees, bad weather, and queens getting lost, which outside of the weather thing, nothing has really changed. So if they can't use chemicals to fix it, it's not fixable, right? Like we've learned that. You sound like my fourth grade teacher. Yeah, and even the weather thing, would that mean at least some years are normal, whatever that means? Exactly, and there aren't any years that are normal in terms of, like, the queens, or at least, like, as they used to be, right? So queens are born to kind of frame up the life of a queen a little bit more deeply and to, I guess, start to see where this divergence is happening. You know, queens are born in a supersedure cell, which are basically these ridiculously oversized cells, usually at the bottom of the comb. And many beekeepers recognize them because that might mean the hive is planning to swarm. Hives practice making these cells too, which can make things even more confusing for like a new beekeeper. But for our sake, we'll we'll just focus on the ones that house queen larvae. 
Wait, so you're telling me they get like a little practice round? Yeah, it's like a scrimmage. That's adorable. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, what's happening more and more frequently is that these super seizure cells are being built earlier and earlier with larvae, sometimes even before the queen has started laying eggs for the new hive. And there are a number of instances of even having like three queens in the same hive at once. It doesn't really make sense because the hive is weak in the spring and swarming early just doesn't make any sense. Sometimes they'll even have two separate super seizure cells in the same season trying to swarm. So is that typically a sign that the queen is failing before this happens? Well, yeah. So we, we talked about how if the wrong larva is laid in a cell, the worker bees will fix it. But if it keeps happening, it occasionally does get missed. So if you start seeing drones and worker cells, which are generally in the middle of the comb, that's sometimes a sign that something's not right. During the summer, the brood production should be really strong. But if you're not seeing much new brood, that's also a sign of the queen being weak. This is usually correlated with an irregular brood pattern, which makes sense given that they're either dropping the wrong eggs and they're getting cleaned out, or they're not dropping at all. And that looks exactly what it sounds like. It'll look like a whole bunch of random black spots throughout your, your comb where there should have been eggs, there might have been eggs, and they were cleaned out. Like usually they'll lay all in the same area as, at once, so they would all be hatching at once. It won't be like just random ones everywhere hatching, right? And that's what we call like an irregular brood pattern. Generally speaking, queens that are doing that don't last much longer. Okay, so it, yeah, it doesn't sound like a good thing for the hive then. Yeah, and it's not. So the hive is pretty good at replacing those queens. But the thing is, those queens aren't necessarily the problem. The only queen that's really the problem is in another phase. And speaking of... Was. <laughs> speaking of another phase, it's time for us to hear some words from our good friends at... Norm's Nuts. Hey there, it's me, Crazy Norm, down at Normal Norm's Nut Emporium on John Brown Drive. We're going nuts for nuts in Nutty November. We've got big nuts, small nuts, chestnuts, ground nuts, nut butter, buttery nuts, nut milk, milky nuts, nut cream, creamy nuts, and the for the late night crowd, chocolate covered CBD, deep fried nuts. Want to join the Nutstravaganza? Nut up and join the Nut Posse. Join other members and get your sack of nuts pounded for free whenever you come in and make the creamiest nut milk you've ever had in your own kitchen. Crazy Norm's Nut Emporium, 420 John Brown Drive or online at fortproles.com. All I'm saying, three tons of Tannerite. Problem solved. Oh, we're back. And that was totally uh, related to bees. Yeah, you'd be sending them to meet Beezus Christ. Just take this opportunity to say hello to the jury. Uh, I hope our case is going well. <laughs> yes, it's it's only going to go well. Uh, it depends on if we've got our own word in the Oxford English Dictionary. And I'm just going to keep making up the name of that dictionary as we go, because I'm not sure if that's what I said before. But we're going we're gonna to roll with it. Oxford? Oxford? Moxford? Oh, the Moxford Dictionary. Weebsters. That's what we need to make is the mock, the Moxford Dictionary. We're just like slightly off versions of everything that is pop culture. Think <laughs> yeah. about it. I mean, it sounds like Justin Roiland would be heading that, but we'll go with that. I don't know who that is. The creator of Rick and Morty. I thought you were, you know what? Never mind. thought okay. you were cool, Andy. God. We all know the answer to that question. Come on. I might have played too cool for school in high school, but I was never actually the cool kid. It's fine. I've accepted my place. No cool kids are sitting there talking about bees on a Sunday night. Woo, living it up. Yeah. Uh, we all know that, but... Yeah, so let's speak... I'm the cool uh, one. Yeah, you Me, are the cool one. I'm cool. 
Yeah, you are the coolest one in the group. That's why we have you, Elliot. King Elliot. Fucking token. Token black guy, token cool kid. That's, it's easy. I make it look easy. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about these queens, these disappearing and failing queens. They're not failing in the traditional way that we've covered, but they're uh, basically going from being strong and healthy queens, at least in theory, to disappearing, basically, in a, a pretty short window. Okay, so everybody laughed at my off-color joke, but it's actually making more and more sense. I mean, you might be onto something there. We're going to make you the B.I., get it? Like P.I.? Oh, man. That's, that's yeah. bad. What do you, I'm, I'm going to take a, I'm gonna take a shot. Was... I'm going to take a shot for every bad pun Beautiful. this episode. Uh, where's my mead? That, that'd actually be a fun game to play, but I don't think we'd make it to the end of any episode. We would, no, but it would just never. be very slurred. <laughs> no one would listen anymore, that's for sure. Well, let's talk about these hives. So typically the hive is designed to be ready to replace the queen as soon as possible, right? But with this specific example of queen loss, where the queen is literally just disappearing, it's about 50-50 that they even have the supersedure cells in place. So what is happening here? That That's basically been the question a lot of researchers have been trying to figure out. Now, the short answer is that we don't have a clue. The long answer is we sort of do, but it's not a simple solution. Yeah, and it never is with you. We've been doing these episodes for a long time. Spit it out. Yeah, so let's get back to this fundamental idea, all right? So what do queens do? They lay eggs, right? Yes, I know that one. All right, they also organize the colony. They, I know we think of queen as like in charge. They're not necessarily in charge, but they do utilize things like their pheromones to organize the colony, right? They help the worker bees know what to build so she can lay the eggs that she needs to. She can also, in theory, release pheromones to stop queen cells from being built. In theory. Yes. All of these rhetorical questions, I will answer with yes. Nice. I have no idea. That I, I, you sounded real confident, though. Yes, this is all accurate. But obviously, this queen that we're talking about isn't doing a good job of this, right? Well, why not? There could be a number of reasons. Genetics, disease, poor mating, even the conditions she was kept in when she was raised or being transferred. So like any living thing. Yeah, basically. And much uh, like other living things, we're finding out that the chemicals that we're dumping on hives for mites is also having significant effects on the reproductive capacity of both the drones and the queens. That uh, that kind of seems like a big problem, given that like everyone is using them. Yeah, so a study in 2016 showed that drone sperm viability dropped almost in half after they had been exposed to chemical treatment. Same thing with being exposed to uh, jewels. Is it really? No, I'm I'm making that up, but it's oh. uh, a <laughs> note. This is some Zoomer humor? Yeah. You guys in the goddamn vapes. <laughs> Elliot, don't even look at me. What? You. You're throwing some shade at the vape comment. <laughs> Did I? Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm still a savage. I smoke like actual plants. I don't know what's wrong with me. No, that's, as far as I'm concerned, so much healthier. Yeah. Sorry. You're on that acoustic. <laughs> yeah, the acoustic, <laughs> the low grade. It's fucking mono. Yeah. So as we said, the chemical treatments obviously have this very significant impact on queen health and their capacity to 
bear new worker bees, right? If the sperm isn't good. Now, queens also exposed to abnormally warm or cold conditions in shipment uh, has also caused low sperm viability because remember, they're impregnated before they get shipped off to their new home. But the external factors aren't the only players here in the health of a queen. The conditions which it is raised are also significant. Again, I know, shock. You've got three different conditions where we have queens raised, right? You've got swarming, which we've kind of covered, and this is like a natural split of a hive and generally can be considered a good thing. It's it's the natural cycle, right? The second is the supersedure when a queen needs to be replaced because of age. Kind of a normal situation, so not like a big deal. The, the hive is raising the queen. And the third is the emergency replacement. The emergency replacement rarely yields healthy queens. Okay, so how's the emergency replacement different from the supersedure cell? They kind of sound similar. Well, typically queen cells are placed at the bottom of the comb and have a lot of attention paid to like things like the quality of sculpting. They sculpt now? They, it's just cuter and cuter. They're just little guys going about building the... I don't know. I don't care what you say. I think it's cute. So when we talk about like sculpting, what we really mean is like how defined or mushy does the queen cell look? So like they'll make it look nice and pretty and like really refined with like delicate features. And that means they're taking the time to really take care of that cell, right? Now, if it doesn't look like that, then it they're probably rushing it. Also, the bigger the cell is theoretically, or at least based on the evidence that we have at this point, suggests that the queen will be healthier. And ultimately, the more eggs it can produce and the more sperm she can hold. Yeah, she can take a... You know what? No, I'm a bigger man than that. I won't say it. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Big load. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not grown. <laughs> He's not. It's true. I've seen his darkest days. So uh, the natural thought would be to breed queens larger, right? You're going to say yes and no, aren't you? Well, yes. Okay, at least I can be proud of one. And no. Got you, fuckers. Okay, that was, that was a little much. I mean a little? So bigger queens are going to produce more worker bees and more honey, but that raises an important question of do we need to have bigger hives? Is this going to ultimately lead to bigger hives? And is that really the goal that we should have? More honey seems good, but if I've learned anything in this podcast, there's a reason why nature has probably made bees the size they are. Yeah, I mean, if we're trying to like make beekeeping more sustainable, or at least more sustainable than it is now, sure, we need like healthy bees, but we probably don't need to be harvesting as much nectar per hive, right? Yeah, exactly. Like we we definitely want to get healthy queens. We don't necessarily, in my opinion, want bigger queens. And uh, this is kind of where a lot of the research today is going. The problem is it's much more complicated than that. In 1985, Dr. Alfred Dietz showed that honeybee colonies were more likely to accept bigger queens, meaning that by trying to choose for smaller queens for smaller hives, you might not have any luck at all. So queens are basically like cars? Um, do you want to explain what you mean by that? Yeah, let me, let me give it a shot. Okay, so you buy, say, a car. It's a Camry. And every year they sell a new model of Camry that's three inches longer and can fit a little bit more in the trunk or whatever. And because you want more car. That's what they're selling you is more car. And after a decade, the Camry is now a foot longer than, you know, the one that is older. 
So like replace Camry with bees. I think that makes sense. Queens are Camrys. I mean, they don't have to be a Camry. It can be a Super Impreza. I don't know. Isn't the correct answer here the Queen Victoria? What car would be a Queen Victoria? The Crown Victoria? Never heard of it. You know what? Commercial time. I hope it's about the cop car that sent a chill through your veins in the 1990s. Hey there, it's Andy from the Poor Proles Almanac, and... And we're not the Poor Proles Almanac. You're right. We are tomorrow, today. And I'm Nash Flynn from Death and Friends. Tomorrow Today is our chance to talk to folks about cutting-edge research that helps us understand what tomorrow looks like, but today. We've got exciting guests. And we'll speculate wildly about what the future looks like. Will the ocean currents slow down in your lifetime, leaving temperate climates decimated? Will we go to Mars? Will we drown in climate-induced ocean floods filled with microplastics? Will new research rewrite the history our children read? Will the sun... Is this going to be another Doomer question? No. Tomorrow, today, wherever you get your podcasts and also on Instagram. Okay, we're back and we're really talking about bees. We just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. And I think the point I was trying to make earlier about queen breeding, I'm not, I'm not really sure there's, there's a clear answer here is where I was going with that. Fortunately, we do know that researchers like Torben, who we interviewed a few weeks back, are working with wild populations, and eventually I imagine that they will start to look into how these wild genetics cause the queen to change and what they can show us about how to make those steps that we want to make. Okay, so if we can't control the size of the queen, what are like some of the factors that we can control or like influence? Yeah, so when we're talking about bees and control, it's kind of a loose term, but we we do have some interesting evidence about queen health in relation to other inputs. So, for example, when worker bees are younger, they tend to raise healthier, that is, bigger queens. And younger drones provide higher sperm counts for queens to keep the hives healthier longer. Didn't they only live for like six weeks? Yeah, it's a pretty short window. By like 12 days old, drones are sexually mature. And by like 20 days old, their sperm count and quality already starts to drop. Okay, so to fix that problem, are you going to start wrangling like older drone bees out of the sky? How would that work? Yeah, and that's a, a really fair point because that would be impossible. I mean, I don't care how good you are with the rope. You're not doing that. What I can say, though, is that when we talk about like where the mating sites are, there are like a lot of drones, hun- like hundreds of drones. And generally speaking, only the youngest and healthiest succeed in mating. Have you guys seen those videos where it's like the beekeeper killing hornets with a pair of chopsticks? Yes. Yeah. That guy's a badass. Yeah. Maybe we can select drones like that. <laughs> yeah. Hire that guy to do breeding. Yeah. Just that guy. So if we can't control the drones individually, so if this chopstick thing isn't going to work out, is there a time when drones are like better quality? So the research doesn't really seem to be conclusive at this point, but, and there's a big but, midsummer queens seem to not only carry the highest amount of sperm, but also seem to be the biggest as well. Now, personally... I would guess that that's because they're eating a healthier diet. Like all the food that they're getting is coming from the spring rush of, you know, good nutrients. And that might be it. Okay. So we're just going to make the wild guess that diet might impact health. Wait, you serious? Oh God. Sorry, dude. Oh man, I'm in trouble. 22 going on 60. (laughs) So basically, chemicals we currently use are negatively impacting their health, 
the way we're transporting them is impacting their health and even their diets, which we're trying to simulate and stimulate is also impacting their health. Yeah. And the diet thing's a lot more complex than like it might sound to like an outsider because uh, obviously a diverse diet is crucial, but anyone that's actually raised like as a beekeeper or had a hive or two, the thing you feed your bees in the spring and winter is bee sugar, which is just literally sugar melted into water. Not ideal. It's like that um bad guy from Men in Black. Yeah. Sugar in water. Yes, that. <laughs> like literally it's like Ed- Edgar, your skin is hanging off your bones. <laughs> <laughs> that better. So they're treating these things like hummingbirds though, because I know that works for or it's not that you're not supposed to do that with hummingbirds, but sugar is, water isn't good for anything. Yeah, like in limited quantities is one thing. Like I, I think if you have a, and I'm going to probably get canceled by some bird people for this, but I don't think putting out sugar water for hummingbirds is a big deal because of the fact that they're probably also getting food from other places. Whereas honeybees, when you're feeding them, it's because there's no other food. And this plays into all of the other things we're talking about because we've talked about that they're, we're transporting them in either really cold or really warm temperatures, right? We're raising them someplace that is totally dislocated from where they're going to live. Most people in the north generally get their bees from places like Georgia. Georgia is a huge hotbed for where a lot of the honeybee production is. And then they're shipped out to the rest of the country. There's a couple other places. Minnesota is fairly popular, but Georgia is probably by far on the east coast, the state where most honeybees come from. So if you order them online, they're coming from a handful of apiaries, going on big trucks, coming up the coast in a big truck, going from probably 75, 80, 90 degrees up to 50 degrees up here in New England, 45 degrees, going into a hive where nothing has started blooming, and you feed them sugar water so the hive doesn't die because there's nothing for them to eat, but they're not a hive yet. They don't have any reserves. So you've basically, all the things that we said can make bees unhealthy, we're doing them all at the same time. So that is why, like... If we were just doing the sugar water, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. But when you pair it with everything else, it's just too much. Too, It's complicated, right? There's too much going on. So in terms of the food piece, we know there are benefits to having healthier food. Basically, all of the hives should be younger and healthier if there's good food available. Now, having a younger queen is also really good for the hive, too. Younger queens tend to lay longer going into the fall. So, for example, one-year-old queens will complete their fall egg laying uh, on average about 10 days later than two-year-old queens and up to 20 days later than three-year-old queens. Okay, so that timing helps them prepare for the winter. Exactly. So they're they're basically trying to prepare the hive for the next spring as late as possible. So the point is there's a lot of pieces that go into you know, what we think of as a healthy queen. And the fact is, it comes down to genetics, which are drones, which we haven't gotten to talk about, which we will talk about, because I don't think they get enough respect. (laughs) No respect at all. No respect for the drones. We just talk about them as these lounging piece of shits that want to have sex and take up space, which is mostly true. But also, there are some very important things and why they get to do those things. The food, which is obviously a huge problem, like feed your bees honey because that is what they need. And obviously try to get your queens from someplace local, right? Local queens are best. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I swear I've seen that ad somewhere. Hot local queens in your area. 
Yeah, uh, that is the ad that would get viruses downloaded on my parents' computer in high school. <laughs> you would click on that too. Not local queens, come on. <laughs> like, I am meant to be a king, so obviously I'm looking for my queen. It was a totally different queen than I expected, just for the record. Hey, at least you found one, bud. <laughs> you could still be swarming or whatever. Yeah, we could be swarming the uh, the sex congregation in the sky. Hot mess. Is that heaven Hot. or some, that's something else? No, that's where I, that's where all the bee, the drones are waiting for their queen. It's the orgy that no one's ever expected and no one ever will. Get, I just think about all weird. the time I look at a hive in the summertime and I have no idea what I'm looking at. I'm just going to assume it's bee orgy. Borgies. God damn it. Can Oxford. we end this episode, please? <laughs> Moxford. Moxford, we're coming for you with those shack lengths. <laughs> Getting queen deep. Getting queen deep. Queen deep. Queen deep. All right. Good lord. Good gravy. Good gravy.